The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne, and we're super excited to have you back for another thrilling episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. If this is your first time listening, where have you been? Welcome to the party. A word of advice, you'll need a notebook for this podcast because in between all the laughing, we tend to drop some real nuggets, tips, tools, and resources that you can use in life, love, and leadership. So grab a pen or hit the subscribe or follow button so you can come back and not miss a single tidbit. So what is our teaching topic for the day, baby? Baby, today we have a thrilling hot topic we're going to be talking about. Getting ready to love. Getting ready to love. Getting ready to love. Just like you get ready to go out, you got to get ready to love. And Interesting. So, yeah, getting ready to love. And this is such a critical topic because so many people want to be in a healthy, thriving relationship. But in lots of cases, you know, these folks are single, but they're not emotionally available because they're so tied to baggage and pain and trauma from the past. Oh, so it's like single ready to mingle but are you really ready to love? Yes. Are you really emotionally ready and available to love? Okay. Yes. Okay. I see. Sounds good. Yeah. But before we get into that, you know, I always like to understand what is going on in that pretty little head of yours. Baby, tell me more about what's going on in your mind. (laughs) Well, I'm, of course, thinking about our last episode on apology styles. Mm -hmm. I'm still recovering from that. (laughs) And we promised to do a part two. And I am really, really ready for that. Um, And we decided to do it live. So we have our first um, live taping of the podcast coming up at um, the Relationship Reboot Conference at Living the Word Church in Collinsville, Illinois. And so I am super, super excited to do that and to have a live audience. Um, And so we're going to do part two of Apology Styles live. Um, And so I I absolutely positively cannot wait to see what it's like um, to interact with you and a live audience. So I can't wait to get (laughs) um, the women and the men on my side. That is what's on my mind. Let's get ready to rumble. I, I'm like so hype about that. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then um, as we were kind of getting ready for that, I have a new like tool. You know, I'm a coach, so I am literally always collecting new resources, mm-hmm. new tools, new ways to, um, you know, engage people or to, you know, help illuminate um, ideas and thoughts. And so I have a, like a lot of card decks and balls and just different ways to do things. So I got this new, um, it's called an intimacy deck. It's like a card deck that is um, like a stack of, I don't know, maybe 500 cards that um, it's, it's like a card game, so mm-hmm. to speak, that's designed to um, build intimacy. Okay. And so there's like, you know, each card is just different questions. There's like various categories, like questions about your past, 
um, questions about your life, um, questions about you in general, about the relationship. Um, and so it works, you know, if you're like just getting to know someone or you really, you know, you've been in a relationship, you want to take your relationship deeper. Um, it's great for like date night or just, you know, conversation starters over dinner. Um, it's really cool. So I thought I could, um, ask you a couple of the questions. We could just like pull it. We'll bring it on. <laughs> what you got? Let's go. Um, and so, yeah, so let's, let's, let's give it a try. Cause I, I think it's pretty cool. I think, um, what, what made me think about it, like I said, is that, um, you know, what does, how do you build intimacy? So, you know, our episode, our topic today is about building relationships and, you know, are you ready to do it? And I think one of the things that, um, happens so much in relationships or when you're dating is the sex part, right? You get to that sooner rather than later a lot of times, but you don't necessarily connect or build intimacy. And we mm. can have a conversation about that. So wait, are you saying that a lot of times people let sex do all their talking? Ooh. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Is, is that what you're well, saying? Well, and then you end up in these, what do you call it? Slip, slip away, slipperations. What's those phrase you talked about? Situationships. Situationships. I was making up a new phrase. You were phrase. making a whole new word phrase. <laughs> but basically, like, you end up in, you slide into it or you mm. slip into this relationship unintended because you, you know, or into now you have a a child, right? But you never really had a relationship in the first place because you didn't really get to know the person. Mm. Um, And so, you know, they're they're sliding instead of deciding. They're sliding instead of deciding. Exactly. And so um, I thought this was a pretty cool tool. So I just, you know, I figure we should, you know, let's get to it. Okay. So (laughs) I'm just going to pull some random questions here. Um, okay. So one of the questions is describe if any ways in which our relationship has changed you. Uh, my relationship has brought me closer to God. What? It's brought me closer to God. It it has definitely, uh, I think made me pray more. Um, I think to be a husband, of character and integrity, and uh, I, I think it has definitely just gotten me closer to God for sure. Okay, I I kind of felt like you were trying to throw shade a little bit. I wasn't sure. No heat, no shade. But you know, working with another human being who has their own ideas, their own thoughts, uh, who you have conflict with from time to time, uh, it, it definitely and you need to handle conflict in a mature and responsible way. That requires, you know, for me, it it requires some influence from God. So it has brought me closer to God for sure. For okay. Sure. How would you answer the same question? Just curious. Um, ways in which our relationship has changed me. Hmm. I would say I have become a little more introverted, I think, um, in our relationship. I, and I don't know if I like was always that way. And I just became more of myself or, cause I feel like I used to be just like more, um, you know, like social and outgoing out there. And now I'm a little more private and I like to just kind of hang out, um, come home and just kind of chill. Um, 
so that it feels different. But maybe I was always that way and I just needed, you know, somebody to snuggle with to make it more meaningful. I don't know. Interesting. So in other words, I got you up off those streets. (laughs) That's why I can't stand you. Okay, let me see. What else see. you got? Come on. Rapid fire. <laughs> Give it to me. What you got? Okay. What's the best thing you inherited from each of your parents? Wow. So I, that's easy. Uh, work ethic uh, from mom and dad. Um, they both had a really, really, really strong work ethic. Uh, and I think work ethic from my dad and then from my mom, uh, just a really strong sense of confidence and self. Uh, and in who I am as an individual and my possibilities and my capabilities. Um, those are the two things that come to mind for me. I think like you, my grandfather definitely gave me um, a strong work ethic. Um, you know, he did not play. He was like, you know, <laughs> a pretty serious guy, very straightforward. Um, you know, he meant what he said. He said what he meant. He, he said he was doing it. He was going to do it. Um, and you know, that's just how it was. And so, you know, I, you call me a Martian all the time. And so, um, I think you can thank him for that. And then of course my grandmother is all sass. Like I get my sass from my granny for sure. Um, point blank period. (laughs) Okay. Next question. Um, what's one thing on your bucket list that we can do together within the next three months? One thing on my bucket list that we can do together within the next three months. Hmm. This is a great, great, great question. Um, I don't know if it raises to the level of bucket list though, but I've always wanted to, uh, just experience a warm climate during the Christmas holidays. Oh. So all of our Christmas holidays have been, you know, just spent in our hometown with mm-hmm. family for obvious reasons and, and that sort of thing. Um, but really just uh, scheduling a getaway just, you know, to get to someplace warm. And while everybody else is suffering in the cold, <laughs> we are someplace warm. Like chilling. literally on Christmas Day? Like literally on Christmas Day. Like we've never been away from family and home uh, on Christmas Day. Uh, and I think that's something, obviously, we can accomplish that in the next three months. That Not this three months, though. Maybe another three months. <laughs> <laughs> I got plans for this three months. We can't do it this year. I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I, I mean, I think that I could do that. I could be down for that. I mean, when the kids are out of college, maybe because like now I'm like yeah, depending but- on them for the you know they'll be look. I look forward. To, ugh, I'm like all tongue tied. I look forward to them coming home and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's great family time because they're away during the school year. So right. having them home for Christmas and Thanksgiving and the holidays, I mean, it's a beautiful situation. So, But after that, I got you. Fiji, here we come. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, one more question. Let yep. me see. Uh, okay, what's something I do all the time that drives you nuts? Something you do all the time that drives me nuts. Hmm. Careful. 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 (laughs) I'm not scared of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is you always leave the lights on. (laughs) Like, 
why do you always leave every light on in the house? Like, when you leave, turn You're the light on. You're not supposed to say always or never, remember? You're not supposed to, but I, I was feeling a way. So. <laughs> always and never this time. What way were you feeling? Oh, no. No. You can't say feeling away. No, it, it just... I'll, I'll say this. Not on life, love, and leadership. I'll say this. It invoked an emotion. <laughs> what emotion? <laughs> Use your words. Frustration. Okay. Yes, because you regularly... <laughs> see how I just corrected myself? You regularly leave the lights on, and it's frustrating. Turn the light. <laughs> so, what do you think about this game? Um, it's interesting. I uh, love some of the questions. I think it's a great um, just tool to kind of spend time just you know being intimate uh, mentally and emotionally without being so physically and just kind of getting to know each other and processing through. So you think it does build intimacy? I definitely would agree with the brain. So yes. what if you don't have a card deck? How do you build intimacy? Write some questions down. <laughs> just any questions? Like whatever you think of? That's that's actually kind of cool. Like 20 questions or whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah. come to your mind. It, whatever. Like no rules. You can't refuse. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, I actually think that's even better. I agree. Because if we are intimate partners, then there shouldn't be any ground that we can't cover. Mm. So, uh, yeah, you know, what are the burning questions that you have for your mate that you want to uh, kind of de- delve into and talk through? I love it. But it can't be like confrontational stuff, right? The goal would be intimacy building. So it's more like inquiring minds want to know. It should be designed to be like things that make you want to to better understand them, mm. to get their perspective on, not like what is wrong with you? Why don't you turn off the lights? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cuz that's that's not going to build intimacy. That's going right. to like tear it down. Right. World War 3. So. <laughs> I love it. Um, So fight of the week. Fight of the week. Let's get into it. Okay. So this week's fight of the week, um, scale of one to 10, I would call it a... Point two? uh, No. No? Okay. (laughs) I would call it maybe a maybe a four. Really? You give it that many points? I would give it a four, maybe a five. Wow, that's halfway there. That's halfway there. Yikes! Okay. Yeah, somewhere I would say somewhere between three to five. Three to five. Got it. Um. So. Which it shouldn't have, because it shouldn't have even gotten as far as it got. Okay. Well, tell the people. Okay. <laughs> so, um, we, when I, when we went on vacation to London, one of the things we did was do theater. I love theater. And I saw Wicked for the first time and I loved it. And another show that I happen to love is The Wiz. And so, um, specifically The Wiz, not necessarily The Wizard of Oz, but, you know, they're obviously in the same family. And so, this was the first time I'd seen Wicked. And, like, my family, my extended family loves The Wiz as well. 
So once I saw Wicked, I wanted the whole family to see Wicked as well. And so I texted him about it and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys have to see Wicked because, you know, we love the Wiz. You need to see the backstory, yada, yada, yada. And so um, it's coming to, you know, our city. And, you know, I was like, who's all in? Let me know. And I so I coordinate this, you know, family trip to see Wicked. Um, And for those who are theater lovers, don't judge me because I'm late seeing Wicked. I know I'm late. Just, you know, bear with me. (laughs) So, so, you know, we're getting close to the dates. And so I was like, okay, I need to go on and actually execute so we have good seats. Mm -hmm. And so I was talking to Hubby and I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go on and get these tickets. Um, And Hubby was like, no way. I don't value that experience. Yeah, that's not what Heavy said. So he's like, um, I was like, hey, you know, I'm going to go on and get the tickets. You know, do you care where we sit? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, he's just kind of like standoffish about it, real nonchalant. And I told him how much the tickets were. And he's just like, well, that's not in the budget. And I'm like, um, okay. Like, I've been talking about this for weeks and now it's time to execute. I'm working on it. I've been working on this ticket situation. I've been coordinating the people. I figured out the dates that could work for everybody when we need don't need a babysitter and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you kind of raining on my parade. Um, and I know we have the money to do it. And he's just like, that's not in the budget. And I was just like, okay, well, you know, I always have a Christmas budget. I'm just going to take it out of the Christmas budget. Um, And he's just like, well, I need to sit down and look at it. And I'm just like, what? Why are you acting like that? And he's, and I was just like, I'm, it's gonna, you don't need to look at it. I'm telling you, it's going to come out of the Christmas budget. (laughs) And um, usually, you know, we have like an extra check in November. That's always my Christmas budget. No, technically it wasn't November yet, but I was like, we can pull it from savings. I'll put it back. As soon as it gets back, he's like, well, you just have to wait until I've had a chance. And I'm just like, why are you trying to control this? And then he, and when he found out how much it was, he was just like, I don't even need to go. I'm not interested. And I was just like, uh, Scrooge or Grinch. Maybe we need to go, you know, see one of those. Um, and so I was just like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. Um, and so, yeah, grumpy Smurf. Grumpy Smurf, Grumpy Smurf, Grumpy Smurf. So what do you do when your partner is raining on your parade for no reason? Well... Or for seemingly no reason, or the reason that you don't necessarily understand? Sure. So first off, it was a matter of value. Uh, so I, as you mentioned, we saw Wicked in London. and So when I saw Wicked the first time, I didn't appreciate the experience. Hater. I, I didn't feel as though it was like a, a valuable show. Um, glad to have the experience. Don't need it again. <laughs> uh, and so when she brought it up, uh, and, and you know, you have to give additional context to this. It's, it's not from I, in our family. Like, you know, we we sponsor uh, expenses for uh, these type of things for quite a few people. And so, <laughs> you know, this is a heavy expense it's not you know she just buying a, a couple tickets she's buying a lot of tickets uh for family members to go to this show 
and I get it. I understand it. Mathematically, we can make it work. We can do it. Uh, but because I didn't value the show uh, and I didn't value the experience, uh, I was like, you know, I don't think we should do this. And then it was my workaround. Well, let me look at the numbers and let you know when we can do this. All this was really just to buy time to get us to where we're not doing this because I don't value this. Mm. Uh, but uh, eventually, uh, on my own, uh, I came around and I actually called her uh, after uh, she had purchased the tickets. And I apologized and said, you know, uh, this really is just an issue of value. Uh, you value this experience. It, it's something cool to do with the kids and the family and that sort of thing. I don't value this experience, but you still have the right uh, as as my partner to do something that you value. Because Lord knows I spend mon- plenty of money on stuff that I value. Lord knows. <laughs> and thank God he knows and he advocates on my behalf. Yes. yes. So <laughs> this was solved pretty easily. I think I came, t- I, I, I came around fairly quickly and uh, we were able to move past this. I just want to um, clarify for the record because I wrote down what you said for the podcast when you called and quote unquote apologized. Okay. <laughs> what you said was, um, I'm not sure, but I don't like my performance this morning. I may have been controlling because it's something that I don't value. Mm. It's what you said. Okay. And I know this isn't the Apology Styles episode, but I'm wondering if that was really an apology or not. I'm going to go with yes. So we can let oh, the listeners decide. right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to repeat it for the people in the back. Say a lot of for the people in the back. I'm not sure, but I don't like my performance this morning. I may have been controlling because I don't value the show. Okay. And your 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 answer is that that was in fact an apology. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yes. I accepted it as such, but I'm thinking I'm thinking on a scale. It's a it might be a little weak. Okay. Because it's a lot of maze, and I'm not sure's and provisions in there. And therein lies the spirit of exaggeration. It is not a lot of words. Uh. Period. In there. <laughs> So it there can't be a is, lot of anything. And I'm not sure and may have been controlling. So is it and, an and, and to be clear, to be clear, uh, you are not trained as um, a, a stenographer. <laughs> so your recall, recount, and adaptation to exactly what was said oh is sketchy suspect and we don't know if it's true. <laughs> But when you recounted your apology, it was pretty darn eloquent. So. Yes. Yes, it was. And it's probably bent closer to the way I said it on the show. (laughs) If we just being honest. So what what can we learn from this week's (laughs) final week? Well, I think that the big takeaway again is. Uh, there will be things in your relationship that one spouse values that the other does not. And you work together uh, to um, find balance. And, you know, even if you don't value it, don't try to restrict your mate uh, from enjoying something that they value. 
Pain Gang takes Wicked. Woo! <laughs> and you didn't tell the people. You left this part out. I went as far as offered to be the chauffeur for the evening. <laughs> You didn't tell the people that. Oh, you made restitution. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't wait. And I bet this show is going to be better than the one um, in London. And you're going to be so Jay. Okay. All right. So today's topic uh, for the topic of the day, we're going to be dealing with getting ready to love. So... We're watching this show on the OWN Network called Ready to Love, mm. and it's a pretty intriguing show, uh, not unlike many of the other uh, dating contestant shows that you see. But ultimately, the uh, show's aim is to make uh, three couples uh, out of the multitude of contestants who showed up. Uh, but when a couple is or when a person is let go from the show, uh, part of how they're let go is they're told that they're not ready to love. And so, you know, for this topic, we wanted to explore what does it really, really look like to be ready to love? What does it look like, you know, to be over your past and to be over the things uh, that may be encumbering you from being able to love? Because you got a lot of folks uh, who are single but aren't necessarily emotionally available. So how do you get yourself ready to love? Okay, first, I just want to know what where you have to be in your life to subject yourself to a show like Ready to Love. What? Like, I, I mean, so part of me is like sympathetic or empathetic because I'm just like, I know that to some extent that's what it, like, it's like a microcosm of what it's really like or at least what it feels like yeah, in the real world. Like, mm-hmm. Um, but man, like, it's like a pressure cooker and they, you know, you know, when you go on these shows, they're going to slice and dice it and make you look, you know, um, in the most entertaining way. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, cause I, you know, we actually, I actually knew or know of, I should say, um, at least one, um, of the participants on the, um, or the contestants on the show. I just. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> so you say subject yourself to that. Sounds like a punishment. I mean, these people signed a waiver, and I know, and that's my question. I'm just like, why would you do that <laughs> to yourself? Uh, because they're looking for love. But it's you're not gonna find it on the reality show. It's like a meat market, mm-hmm. and it's like they're like, oh, this week's challenge is go to the pool party and. Let's all go meet everybody at the pool party. And I like him and I'm in a bikini and you like him. And we just going to sit here and I'm going to look and pretend like I don't care, but I do care. And it's terrible. <laughs> Got it. So from your standpoint, the entire premise of the show is off. It's it's horrible. Wow. It's horrible. Wow. 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 But, um, but I digress. <laughs> so, so I get it. All right. So how do you then uh, just really get ready to love? How do you clear out, uh, I guess, all of the baggage or any baggage mm-hmm. or uh, backdrop that you may have so that you're in a space where you can accept a new love experience, a new intimate partner experience and really build something uh, that has worth and value? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do there? Well, I think you said it already, like you clear out the baggage. Um, I think that that's like the first and most important component. Mm -hmm. 
is, um, and that's in our model, right, for building a love that lasts, it's forgiveness um, at the center. We've talked about um, the spiritual foundation, but I think as we've continued to, and the model has continued to evolve, that ultimately that spiritual foundation is there for um, the parts of us that's most difficult. And that forgiveness piece is, is one of them. Mm. Um, and, and like, you have to be able to, um, if there is past hurt, trauma, um, disappointment, frustration from a previous relationship, you have to be able to release that person, um, release the right to be vindicated, Mm. right? Release the hurt that was done so Mm. that you are open enough to um, be in a new relationship without bringing that baggage into um, your new relationship, which, you know, which can be tricky, especially if you've been burned a couple of times. Um, So you, I think being able to forgive other people, Mm. but also being able to forgive yourself. So I have a question. Uh, You mentioned about being burned a couple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, So part of being ready, of course, is uh, releasing baggage. Uh, But when you mentioned being burned a couple times, that kind of speaks to maybe some patterns Mm -hmm. that maybe you've seen at least once or twice Mm -hmm. in relationships. Mm -hmm. And so when you see things that maybe trigger memories of things you've seen in the past. Uh, How do you work through that? How do you reconcile that to say, okay, this uh, may look similar, but it it, it could also be very different? Yeah, I think that's, you know, um, in an episode on the show that we were watching, I think there was a good example of that. Um, And I think that's where communication comes in and really like the intimacy that we talked about. Right. I think a lot of times the moments you'll know that you haven't forgiven or that you're still kind of acting out of past hurt Hmm. when the moment you see something, it's like, "Mm, nope, cross that line, done. Right. Hmm. Um, And before you've even under taking the time to understand or had a, com- a conversation mm. it's like nope seeing that i'm not going there right mm-hmm. um without you know any communication whatsoever um i think there was an example where you know a young man was sort of asking one of the participants about her previous relationship um and she was like oh we're not about to talk about that and he's like well i want to talk about it and she's like no And then kind of later, she was saying that she was, you know, hurt and frustrated that he would bring it up in public. Um, He felt entitled to talk about it because he's like, if we're going to be in a relationship, there should be nothing that's off limits. And she's like, I told you that, you know, trusting and in confidence and you use it against me in front of all these people. But she never said she said that to her friend, but she never said it to him. Mm -hmm. So here we've got these, you know, one past hurt. Um, and probably two past hurts basically playing out, um, but they're not actually communicating and being vulnerable with each other. Um, and so I think, you know, that's what comes up for me. Mm. Like I've heard uh, this said before from uh, our pastor, Pastor David Hawkins, that a lot of people, so we're in 2019, but a lot of people have not yet arrived to 2019 because, you know, those old wounds just keep resurfacing. 
Uh, and so definitely the forgiveness piece of, of letting those things go, uh, releasing the debt is kind of what I call it, mm. uh, where you, you believe somebody owes you something. And mm. until you get the debt paid, uh, you're not able to forgive the debt. And so you're, you're, you know, in your new experiences, you're trying to find the payment for that debt from Tom. And Jim is the guy who owes you the debt. So you feel so it, it's a matter of letting that debt go, letting that obligation go. Uh, and releasing the old so you can embrace the new. I think that's really good because I don't I don't think this is just for um, single people. I think this is for people, married people as well. I think this is um, all types of relationships mm. um, because you can be married and still not be ready to love. Mm. If you have not released um, previous baggage or even, like you said, let go of the debt. If your partner, if your spouse has hurt you and you haven't released it, um, you're holding, you can be holding your relationship back even now hmm. um, because you, you might still be in the relationship, but you're not thriving because you are holding debt hmm. um, that they owe you something. And so you're existing in a uh, relationship where you feel like they owe you something and so, you know, um, you're not ready to love. Yeah. And that's going to show up in a myriad of ways. Uh, it's going to, you know, disrupt how you guys communicate mm-hmm. uh, because it's going to, you know, have you ever been in a fight situation? I know we have uh, where we have been arguing and, you know, we thought the argument was about one thing or one person thought the argument was about one thing and it was about something completely different. I was mad about what you did two months ago or you were mad about what happened two weeks ago, whatever the case may be. Right. And so you have this thing you see on the surface, uh, above the surface as the argument, but that uh, stuff underneath the surface has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think that that, like this thing peels back like an onion in terms of ready to love, because if you're not ready to release, right, the offense or release the person from the what they did before, you're not ready to really... Um, you're not ready to love. You're not ready to move on. You're not open um, to receive the joy part of love. Like Mm -hmm. that um, forgiveness and um, compromise is a part of the deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, um, there's going to be some hurt um, in in relationships. Like that's just a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if you are still fragile, and broken, um, and not prepared to handle some of that, you know, you're not ready yet. No, not ready yet. And I think, uh, one other thing that, uh, pastor Hawkins mentioned, uh, was that, you know, you're over it when you can see the person and not have any ill will against them. Like you don't want a helicopter to fall out of the sky on <laughs> on them and they die instantly. Like you don't have any ill will against them. You don't have any negative emotion. Uh, it, it doesn't conjure up these old feelings of resentment and bitterness that maybe you felt before. Uh, but you can see them be in their presence, uh, even have cordial engagement and not have any of those feelings resurfacing. That's how you know you're over. Mm-hmm, for sure. I think another um, component to being ready is really just the self-love, right? And mm. the emotional kind of well-being, um, you know, so not necessarily about the other person, but now it's again about you, right? And um, just 
for having forgiven yourself and now like coming to know and appreciate yourself, right? Coming to love who you are, loving the skin you're in and being comfortable in your own skin, um, being able to date yourself, being able to enjoy your own company, um, to, you know, sort of know who you are, what your aspirations are, having a vision for your life, being clear about, you know, your values and who you are and what you want out of life. Like when you've gotten to a place where you are whole um, on your own, um, without someone needing someone to complete you, I think you are definitely in a place where you're um, ready to love. Got it. Got it. All right, folks, we're going to call that a show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, if you have a topic or a suggestion or question uh, that you'd like us to consider for the show, uh, please submit it to SuccessfulMarriages.org. We look forward to seeing you on our next episode. See you next week. This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us, find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.